0: Father in heaven, thank you so much uh, for another Sabbath day where we can gather here, and I pray, Lord, you'll be with us in this time as we interact. Thank you for the blessings and the generosity that that brought Christmas to July to an end in July. Help us now as we raise an additional ten thousand for uh, for these chairs, and thank you for the generous donor who stepped up and made this happen. So, Lord. Uh, Bless this time, and, uh, and, and may we hear your voice in these words, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so if you've been in and out this summer, you might not yet have met Pastor Julie McLaugherty, who joined us at the beginning of July. Now, this all came about, uh, you'll recall some time ago, uh, Pastor Kayla Robinson was part of our staff for a while and uh then they moved away for a while and we're in the process of trying to bring someone in into that role and ask the conference to look for us and and they were looking for different people but they went to southern uh, and were interviewing ministerial candidates and encountered someone there and they they called me on the phone and said we found someone that we want to bring to this conference because we think she has uh, some unique skills and abilities. We want to bring her to the conference. And we want her to start in the Forest Lake Church. Now, one of the things we have to be okay with on this, and it's not necessarily something we're going to love, but we've got to be okay with it, is that she's probably only with us for two or three years. Uh, because the, uh, the brethren in the conference really want her to lead in churches. And so we want to give her the opportunity to learn and grow in this environment and with the unique things here And at the same time, let her bring to us uh, her energy and her deep walk with the Lord. So they said, this is an amazing person. Uh, And so we were very eager for her to be here. And then the first Sabbath she could be here, I was gone. So I missed the whole big introduction day. But now she's here and she's been here a month. And I thought this would be a good Sabbath for a couple of reasons for you to get better acquainted with Julie And for her to be able to share with you from her heart. So that's what we're going to do here. And let's start here. So you just appeared in July Uh and there was no background to the rest of your life. Is that right? No, it's not right at all, is it? Tell us a little bit about where you came from, your background experience, your family. What was it like being young Julie? Yeah,
1: well... My family actually starts with this church. I didn't realize when I came here that I already have family here. If you know any of the MDs, I see some of them over there, not to call them out. There's a few more though too. And we're first cousins once removed and second cousins, and it's been really fun. So connected with the MDs. Um, But my family, uh, my dad's a pastor, my mom's a teacher, was born in Michigan, came down to Alabama, Spent some time in Tennessee, California, so moved around, that's the long answer, when people have more time to ask where I'm actually from, but my older brother is currently working in Chattanooga area with software development, and my younger sister is in Canada with my family, and she'll be graduating in a year.
0: So this was something that was fun for me as we started to talk, how how many similar things we have in our own Mm -hmm. context and experience. because my dad was a pastor and we moved around all the time and i spent a specific set of developmental years of my life in collegedale tennessee when my dad was there i was in the early years of elementary school and turns out for julie your dad was in the college Dale area during those years talk a little bit about those years and your education in those years
1: yeah so we moved there when i was five or six my mom is a teacher and she never planned on homeschooling, but we ended up doing that for a few years. And that was a blessing to learn from her. And then went in in sixth grade to Spalding, went through CA, then moved out and did Academy in California.
0: Okay, so family went out to California. Let's let's back up a little bit and talk about your your home experience as you were growing up. And, and so your dad's a pastor, What what areas has he pastored in his life what's been his special focus
1: yeah he was at a few different churches then the conference office and through all this god started to grow something that's become a lot of my journey as well and i remember being around five years old in alabama and it was dark outside the stars were shining and my dad took me and my little brother or my big brother outside on his shoulders and he said do you see those stars and he said "Yes, dad." And he said, you know the story of Abraham, and God talked to Abraham about the stars, and he said, we're like Abraham, because God has called us to go and to leave what we're doing and to start a ministry, because so many people my age, and those of you who are my age know, a lot of your friends aren't here today, or maybe they um, only come sometimes or whatever. It's a big problem um, that we're losing our kids, we're losing young people in our church and so god laid this burden on his heart and so my parents left um, what they knew and they started this ministry today in discipleship and the last 10 15 years have been an amazing journey to see god work to see how god raises up people not just here in a conference or even in the united states but in countries all around the world
0: so it is an amazing ministry Mm -hmm that, that uh, he has developed, really your whole family worked to develop. What was it like growing up in your home uh, from a spiritual perspective? What kind of example did your parents set for you?
1: I'm super blessed because even though my dad is a pastor, he never said, you have to do this because the church is watching. Or you can't do that because these people. It was always like... It's between you and Jesus, and that's why you want to do this, or don't do that, or start that. So I guess what made the deepest impression on me is the way that both of my parents walk with God personally. I remember growing up in the morning, I'd run into my mom's bedroom, and she'd be under the covers, and I'd jump under there, and she'd be reading her Bible, and she'd be praying, and she'd say, shh mommy's praying and then I'd go out into the living room and I'd see my dad kneeling down or I'd see him reading the word or he'd be outside because he loves doing that it doesn't matter if it's 20 below or hot early in the morning 4 or 5 a.m. he's out there seeking God and it's it's radical but it's it's beautiful and so just watching them do that really impacted me to say I want to have that with Jesus too.
0: So what you're suggesting here is that what your parents did sometimes was even more impactful on your life than what they might have said. Could for that sure. really be true? It, yeah. it could. Let that be a, uh, a first point for all of the families and parents out here, is that uh, your example speaks, uh, speaks loud, very loud. And uh, let that example be one that, that will inspire. You know, I, I challenge myself in reflection on, on those missed opportunity moments with the family, but uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a powerful uh, a powerful influence that God God works in lives and, and it shapes us. So you wanted did you, you wanted a similar experience? Is that true? Mm-hmm. How how did your own personal devotional life develop? I
1: think very small when I was little, just starting to try to read and, and pray and okay, I'll, I'll thank God for the animals and pray for my family. But somewhere along the way, actually in middle school with some challenging things we were walking through as a family and just feeling whatever alone, you know, you're a kid and, and I really discovered Jesus as my best friend during that time and how real he could be in my life.
0: So is that, that began to grow on you your dad's got this ministry going on. So, you always were just kind of a natural, right? As a youngster, you thought, theology, this is what I'm doing. Is that true?
1: Very much not. I grew up middle child, super quiet, especially during those homeschooling days. When I first went into school, my friends tell me that if I ever raise my hand in class, everyone would just kind of lean in, like, is she talking? words come out of her mouth it works it works so (laughs) I always told myself I will not be a pastor I will not marry a pastor not because I had some horrible experience but I just I said that's not me I'll support from the back you do that but somewhere along the way probably around middle school beginning of high school Jesus started sending me these opportunities and little things, pray up front or, or start leading this small group, a lot with small group leadership. And for whatever reason, I, His grace is big because I said yes to one and then I said yes to another one and He just called Julie out of her very small comfort zone and said, I'm a lot bigger than you are and I'm a lot bigger than you realize and I can do things if you're willing to let go of that fear and that comfort zone and let me work.
0: So you were affirmed uh, even at that academy age, they kept electing you to a certain office, didn't they? What yeah, did Yeah, I started being?
1: being class pastor, you know how that goes, and got to be involved in small group ministry, mission trips, any of you that have been on that, and just, God took me on this journey where if he'd said it all at the beginning, I probably would have said, "Ooh, I don't know about that Jesus, but he just invited me to this and then called me to that, and he prepared me along the way.
0: All right, so, so you started participating in your dad's... The, it, it was Kids in Discipleship, or did you say another name?
1: Started out Kids in Discipleship. Now we've grown to in discipleship. In we discipleship. work with anyone, churches, schools, so whatever age. Okay. Yeah. Very good,
0: all right. Because I said that at the other service, and then I, I didn't hear you say kids, so I want to right. make sure I got the name right. All right, in discipleship. So you started working. He invited you along, mm-hmm. got you involved. What kinds of experiences did you have... Uh, working with him in that.
1: Very powerful. My first overseas trip with my dad was actually to Portugal. And that trip, I was in the background as much as I could be. This is still at that beginning time. And someone, we were doing prayer walks and just learning how we can pray and interact with God. And someone who was supposed to lead a prayer walk, whatever happened to them. And my dad said, Julie, would you lead the prayer walk? And I don't remember this, but apparently I was like, Dad, are you serious? Do I really have to do this? I don't think so, but I did it. And it was all in Portuguese and I didn't speak Portuguese at the time, so I was being translated. But I just remember that these older ladies started crying and they had this whole moment with Jesus and it was so powerful. And so God started planting something in me. And so then as I continued to be able to join him at different times, working with church leaders, talking about how we can disciple and and be deep and walk with Jesus, I I just saw people in in areas with lots and in in places of the world that they have hardly anything and people, countries where it's very hard to be a Christian and walking in one of those countries, climbing up the stairs to a third story of of a building. At six in the morning, seeing the room packed with believers, crying out to God and asking for a spirit and worshiping because they have that hunger and that deeply impacted my journey
0: so she may appear to you to be young and in fairness she is younger than so many of us but nonetheless the experiences that god has given pastor julie in her life are quite remarkable and the places that he has taken her and the things she's been able to do so so all of this started guiding you in a direction and once you graduated academy you made a decision what did you decide
1: (laughs) I decided to go into a field that would be more ministry directed. I didn't know what that would be, so I started with pastoral care, which is more chaplaincy, but ended up switching to theology.
0: All right. So so you got there. Was it just you making that decision or, or what lay behind that that led you to yeah. that day?
1: There was a I've talked about a gradual process, but there was a point in my life that I remember very Um, as vividly as I can, and that was at the beginning of high school. I was probably 13 or 14 years old and still trying to figure life out, um, insecure, whatever. And I was out on my back deck in Tennessee, green trees, beautiful, and I was talking with Jesus. And I don't know what led me to, but I just opened up my Bible. It was this Bible. And I turned to Isaiah 49. And if you have your Bibles or your phones, you can turn there too. And I just started reading it. And verse one says, listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. And I kept reading and it was like every word, even though this is a prophecy um, about Jesus, God was applying it to my life. And I kept going and I, I saw verse six where God says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. This is what the Lord says, the Redeemer and Holy One of Israel. Kings will see you and rise up. Princes will see and bow down because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. And I sat there and this hit me so hard. It's like those words chosen just, (sighs) because I'd never felt chosen before for anything. Middle child, not very great at sports, I love to run in straight lines and things of that nature. And so when Jesus brought this to my heart, I was just so impacted. And he really showed me in verse six, it's too small a thing just to restore the tribes of Jacob. God was calling me not just to the church, to our family here, but also he says, I will make you a light for the Gentiles. And really, that's that's his call to each one of us, because each one here is chosen. And God is saying, it's too small a thing just for you to do something nice in church. I actually want you to be a light in your community and in your world. And so from that day forward, I never forgot this. And I've come back to this so many times. And it's reminded me of God's faithfulness. And and really that last verse, verse 7 all of these things that it describes, the ministry and how kings and all this, it's not because of us. It's not because of me. It says this will happen because of the Lord who is faithful. And so a lot of this journey has been me realizing that it's not about me and it's about God. And so when I was able to let go of, of wallowing in my, you know, fear and, and my own selfishness of this is all about whatever i want to do or not want to do and realize that god is limitless and he can do anything even through me and, and through each one of us was i able to see god work in a more powerful way
0: so there's a couple of things that, that hit me in that in, in what you're saying and the first one is is just this god will use his words to speak to you now, there is what the Bible says, and there's the specific things that the prophecies talk about. But if you will go there and you will read, you will find times where it is though God takes a, I think Elisha's referred to it as a heavenly highlighter over the words, or, or they come off the page to you. He uses those words to speak to you in that moment in a very powerful way. And, and this is what Julie's talking about here, this prophecy yes it's about Jesus but but in the context of that moment God used those words to say I have chosen you and uh, particularly all you middle children out there you know the importance of that uh, that experience that sense that moment to know that God has his eye on you and wants you for a purpose I have a similar passage in the same book of Isaiah where the Lord spoke to me. Now, again, specifically the prophecies about Jesus, but he spoke to my heart. But the larger point I want to make there is if you don't go here and read it, you will never have those moments. Because the Lord can't speak to you from his word if you're not going there. And and the example that your family set for you in that, let that be the example that we all follow. That we all go there, so that uh, lest we miss a calling from the Lord. Would that not be tragic? To miss an opportunity of the Lord's calling. But there's another part in what you're saying, as you, as you talk about this, this idea uh, that the Lord has chosen you for a purpose and set you on the course. So you, you made a decision to come to Southern Adventist University. Mm-hmm. And uh, you enrolled in, what was your original major you enrolled in?
1: Pastoral care originally. So that was Classy. your
0: initial compromise with the Lord. You're trying to work with his plan. And he said, yeah, no. What is it that he wanted you to do? he said, no. Theology ended major. up, yeah. Yeah. Ended, All yeah. right. So so you were in your theology classes with a with a nice mix of, of guys and girls. No? Not <laughs> Not
1: really? too much. Uh, maybe some of the more general classes. But as you get further, it was kind of me and me and the guys, but they were great. (laughs) Lots of good brothers um, from Southern. Some of them are in this, this conference, but that's been an interesting journey as a woman in ministry. Any of you who have followed that at all or know what has happened over the last few years, that's something that I've had to talk with Jesus about. And I'm not someone to go off and debate for a long time, but all I know is that is what Jesus has said to me and that my identity is not as a pastor, or how people feel about that. And same with you, our identity is not our work, it's not what we do, it's that we're a son or daughter of God. Amen. And I know that God has called me, my call is from God, it's not from man. And so that's where I, what I come back to at the end of the day.
0: Well, praise God for that and I appreciate that spirit. And I appreciate the way that even the institution is developing to the point where, where instead of making it a very ugly experience for you, uh, your professors and your classmates, we're invested in you to see you do that. And, and I just wanna to say to the rest of this community, we're blessed to be a part of this continuing process. Um, and Julie's gonna be a great blessing to us, but, but it's also important that we are a great blessing to her. And we respect her calling, and we respect her to the role that God has called her in this place. And age and gender are not relevant to the calling of the Lord Mm -hmm. she's gonna speak to that in a minute uh, as we get further with this but uh, she's brought a real shot of energy to our staff that has been a real blessing to us so much so even you know typically someone comes they're fairly new you're like okay let's 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 let them ease in let's not not put them in scenarios it's gonna be too much stress things like that but but the conventional wisdom doesn't always apply in every setting, right? We have to be wise enough to go. And I have too many times in my life uh, been guilty of quenching the Spirit as the Spirit moves. And uh, so, so shortly after Julie got here, just as we were going to have our first chance to really sit down and talk to each other, uh, she spent a little time in a, in a personal retreat. By the way, this is something we'll talk about as... as over the next couple of years, the importance of having uh, a a personal spiritual retreat. And let me just say, I have growth I need to do in this area. There have been times in my life I did this really well. I've not invested in this as I should uh, in recent history. And so that's one of the things I hope Julie can can teach me as we go through this process to reestablish that in my own life. But you spent some time with Jesus, and he laid something on your heart, related to this church and related to what you're doing here that didn't necessarily land with you as yay, great idea. Talk, talk about that and, and how the Lord led you in that.
1: Yeah, just a few weeks ago, I was out there, okay, Connections Pastor, Forest Lake Church, here's the people I've met, conversations I've had. God, where do we start? Is there so much? And an idea kept coming to my heart and mind that I actually experienced at my university last year in a few different places. But the school year is starting here. We have the new building. This community is very, very busy. I'm sure each one of you would sit down and show me your schedule and how rushed and pushed you are. And so this idea came to my heart and I said, God, is that you? Is that just me? Is that some other thing? Lord, if this is really you, please grow it. And if it's not, take it away. And it grew. And the burden he put on my heart is that where we have to start is just with prayer, that we need to come together as a church family, as a community, and cry out to God collectively and ask him for revival, to ask him for his spirit in our church. And specifically, because it's easy to say that, to have an event where we do that. So I started talking with Pastor Jeff, Reached out to House of Prayer, which shout out to House of Prayer. You are wonderful. If you've never been to prayer meeting, it is a very special experience. You should come.
0: Which we thank Pastor Sabine for her investment that really created that community of praying people in Mm. this church that continues to bless us. And uh, they resonated very quickly with your idea.
1: And started talking with students from the high school and different ones. And so this is what God is doing august 17 through 23 it's in just a few short weeks every night at 7 p.m here in this sanctuary we will be coming together this is for every age not just older or younger whatever and we're going to be praying and we're going to be seeking god and singing and worshiping and opening up the book of acts with the people around us and reading what those early believers did and what church looked like and letting god challenge us personally with where he's calling us to live out our faith in our lives and in our community. So each night at 7 p.m., we'll be here in the church. At 6.15, we'll have a supper provided that's free um, because of the generosity of God and because of how he's moved on people's hearts. And so at 6.15, we'll have the opportunity to break bread together, to to grow as friends, as church family here at Forest Lake, and then 7 p.m., we'll have that special time
0: okay so you're going to hear more about that as we go along Mm -hmm. but there's another element to it and i referred to that when i pulled out this little piece of paper that i have in my wallet here what is this Mm -hmm. little piece of paper how
1: many of you have seen a piece of paper like this or have one wow that's pretty good many hands are raised those of you whose hands are not raised you are missing out But you too may have one of these pieces of paper right after the service. We have a table right in the new lobby. In preparation for these seven days, we really feel led that we need to cry out to God specifically and pray over our church family by name. So we have 3,800 members divided that into lists of 10. So that means we need just under 400 prayer warriors who will say, I will pray for these 10 names over the next month by name and ask God to work in their life. What could God do if each person in this church was being prayed for by name every day for a month? What do you think? Could he work? Yeah. So I invite you to be a part of that and really to be a part of, of the big picture because God has a vision for this church. And that's something that I find in Acts 2, verse 17 and 18. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. God's idea is always bigger than ours, right? in acts 2 17 and 18 this is what god says in the last days god says i will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women i will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy and all of this is because, look at verse 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Are we in the last days? Does God want to pour out his spirit? He doesn't say, notice God doesn't say, I will sprinkle my spirit on a few people. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And look at that list there. He says, you're young men. Raise your hand if you are a young man or a young woman in this church. He says, your old men, they'll see visions. He says, your old men will dream dreams if you're a more experienced member. Raise your hand if you are a servant, both men and women, a son or daughter. That should be everyone in this church. God is calling this church to experience his Holy Spirit. Because, look what he says, to prophesy, to see visions, to dream dreams, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Because he wants his church to be not only church here, but a light in our community. And so that is what we'll be praying for over those seven days, asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives and asking for revival in our church family.
0: So when you go out here, if you go out through those back doors, just on the left, you'll see the table set up that has the names. Yes. And that's one of the things I love about... Uh, new people that have good energy and enthusiasm they don't know what doesn't work yet right and because they don't know that they do some things that we might not even try and they go great and and i've really uh, been uh, thrilled to see the energy with which uh pastor julie has has attacked this project print out all the names of everybody in the church cut them into lists of 10 Get a stack of them, start going around and asking people. And you've got how many already that have participated?
1: Over, over half of the names are taken. All right. So that's good. Yeah, but... so,
0: so to think all we need is 400 volunteers. Well, yeah, really, we could do that, right? When you really think about it, it's not that unreasonable. And, and so that we would pray for each other. What a beautiful thought. Uh, To not just say, these are the people I love, but to actually be praying for each other. So I hope you will take advantage of that opportunity to participate. Mm -hmm. And the big opportunity coming up during the week, uh, the seven days of prayer, uh, August 17 to 23. 23. So that's a Sabbath through the 23rd. And and Julie's going to be back here on the 17th, she'll actually speak that day to kick this whole thing off and put it in motion. Mm -hmm. And I hope that a lot of you can participate and be a part of this. So what else do you wanna tell us?
1: Yeah, as I think about this and as I watch God and what he's doing in different parts of the world, it always challenges me to say, am I a part of this? And at the risk of sounding cliche, I think about rain. Our Florida rains here all of you know how that goes typically right around the time you want to leave work is when it comes in and it's it's hard and it's fast and I personally love rain but when it's like that I just want to be inside and wait for it to go by and if we're not careful we can do that with the Holy Spirit we can be sitting here today and we can say that's nice but then we can go back to work on Monday or school and we can get so busy and so caught up in what we're doing That it's like that rain that just passes us by and we don't even experience it and I cry out to God that that is not what happens to me or you because he longs for this whole church to be ignited and so I challenge you as God is challenging me in the name of Jesus Christ that you would be in prayer starting today that you would cry out to God personally for the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life that God would use you to pray for our church family. And I do ask because we still have a stack of names and I don't want those names not to be prayed for. It's just a small commitment just to pray for those 10 names for a month. Please get a list on your way out today. We need your prayers. Wrestle with your schedule. You can come up to me and say, Julie, you don't know my life. You don't know all the things I have to do. And I'll hear you, and I'll say, you're right, that's crazy, that's insane. But I know the student leaders, because many of them are students here at FLA, they have things to do. They're going to be in school, they're in sports, and they're having to say no to things to commit to this. So I invite you to let Jesus invite you to block out that time. So please, on your way out, get a list of names, and if you would like to be a volunteer in any way helping with these seven days, sign up too because we need you. And to our online viewers, you can be a part of this as well. Uh, you'll find my email there on the church bulletin online. Send me an email and I will send you a list of 10 names.
0: So yeah, so the 10 names, we originally started out giving them in alphabetical order. So if your name was Anderson, you're you're in great shape. But if your name's Barchuk, you're kind of in trouble here. So we really need... Uh, everybody step up so the whole alphabet gets prayed for. Amen. Um, I, I think we're down getting close to Patterson, so thank you. And uh, <laughs> let's push on through the rest of the letters. So as we close, is there anything else you wanted to say? Have you pretty much got it? I think so. Okay, as we close, I, I want to have a special prayer. We'll pray, and then we'll do our hymn, and then we'll, we'll come back for the benediction but I want to have a special prayer and I want to invite and this is kind of last minute I want to invite my favorite prayer warrior uh... my wife Alicia to come and join me and, and I I'm gonna need a handheld mic sorry guys I didn't give you a heads up on that uh... but uh... bring one out so Alicia can pray and uh... what I want to do is I want to have Julie pray uh... especially for this project coming up and then I want to have Alicia pray uh, a blessing on Julie's leadership in this project and that God's spirit would be with her. And then I'll pray at the end a blessing on the church. So, I mean, it's, a, it's seven days of prayer, so we can have three prayers, right? So, uh, so let's do that and let's ask uh, God's blessing on this time. So Julie, you start. Okay.
1: Dear Father God, thank you for meeting us here today, for bringing us here, for your faithfulness in our lives, God, your providence, Thank you for this church family lord i've had so much fun getting to know them already and just their kindness their love their hugs and their prayers and i pray that you'd be with each one be with the things on our hearts that seem so big that are preventing us even from hearing the message today maybe someone today is saying yeah i'd like to be involved but this thing is just worrying me so much and so god i ask that your spirit would go there and take care of that and help us to trust you and help us to dream big with you and to vision with you and open our eyes to all that you want to do in our lives and in our church family that nothing is impossible and that you're a god of healing you're a god of miracles you're a god of restoration And so it's in that, and in that powerful name of Jesus that we thank you in advance and that we pray this prayer.
2: Amen. 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 Lord, I just thank you so much for the gift of Julie in our congregation. I thank you that she has said yes to your invitation to come into ministry, to minister not only to those in the church, but to those who you love so much and you yearn for so deeply that don't know you yet and it starts with prayer because that just means that we get to know what's on your heart and what we should do and um, before even what we should do what you would like to do in us and so Lord I just pray protection over Julie over her from the top of her head to the tip of her toes body mind and soul I just pray for your surrounding of angels and the indwelling of your Holy Spirit And then I just pray that this invitation that she has given us and that you are giving us, that we would say, yes, yeah, I call myself a Christian. I can probably make time for Christ for this next seven days. I can make time to pray for people because prayer is a gift that you've given us to communicate with us and to be part of your work. And so let this idea that you birthed in julie and that you have grown larger and larger let that be birthed in our hearts and grow larger and larger as we just seek you together on our knees amen
0: and lord i pray for this forest lake church community lord our 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 future is it's going to be a little different because just with the new spaces and the new things lord we want to honor you and help us as we walk into these new days to do so led by your Spirit. With an understanding of how you want to leverage these things that, that you have given us the ability to have built. And we didn't build them as a monument to ourselves. We built them for the purpose of, of, of enhancing the work of spreading the name of Jesus and building up the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, as we move into these days, what better way, as we are in this time where we're opening the new spaces, what better way to dedicate them than with seven days of prayer. So, Lord, let Your Spirit be poured out upon this church. And may this fall be a a very special time where we walk with You and You lead us and we know Your will and purpose, uh, maybe in ways we've never known it before. Thank you for the energy and the vision you've brought to us in Pastor Julie. And uh, Lord, may we all together uh, take hands and work for the purpose of your kingdom and truly show the people we love that we love them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.